Osiris. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back. Uh, it's always almost there live. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, a little bit of an out of the ordinary kind of live episode that we're doing today, uh, but Oops. we are very, very excited about it. It's our first live of 2024. Uh, that's pretty exciting. Um, and Super we're joined exciting. by a very, very special guest today, uh, the one and only Mr. Matt Bush. Hi, Matt. Thank you so hey. much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're we're very excited uh, to dive in uh, to talk a little bit about Dead Ahead uh, and you know Rick playing with a couple of different uh, incarnations uh, of Bobby's band. Uh, but before we dive into that, um, for people who may not be as familiar, Matt, uh, please give us a little bit of background uh, on what you do. I'm one of Bobby Weir's managers. We we do have a large bureaucracy, um, but I'm mostly involved with the. Uh, touring and creative side of, of his world. Um, and uh, it was a long journey to get there. 24-year-old me started doing merchandise with a band called God Street Wine, which led me very quickly to a similar job with Warren Haynes, which led me to become his tour manager at ripe old age of 26. Um, and around then, Warren hooked up with Phil and Friends, which put me on their tours. And the next thing I knew, I was working dead reunions and tour managing Bobby, and then by 2008, managing Bobby. And that is the very short version of uh, a longer version that'll appear in my book someday. <laughs> very exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know, God Street Wine is a is a band that I don't hear mentioned every day. Uh, so that's really cool that that's where you kind of got your start. I, I, I love those guys. It, you know, yeah. and I'm sure I'm sure Neil and I were probably at some some yeah, God Street I, Wine shows together before we even knew each other decades ago. But uh, I was probably about to say. <laughs> I, I'm certain we've met actually now because I've seen like more than a dozen God Street wine shows in my life. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, so I probably saw uh, almost a hundred, which is scary. But the, yeah. <laughs> considering how many uh, fish and shows I saw yeah. too back then, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Neil, not world. not as many, not as many Max Creek shows. 
for Neil. Yeah, well, that's, true. Uh, that's true. As Neil saw. About Me neither. Me neither. Was, it, uh... was your was your God Street Wine era uh, the North Quincy era? It was. <laughs> it was. Okay. Yeah, Dor- Dorchester and just North Quincy. All right. Uh, before yeah. we before we bore Matt with our nonsense, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let, let's dive right in here uh, without any further ado. You know, this is uh, a goose. Po- oh wait, sorry. Before we dive in, actually. Who is this guy in the top right? Don't recognize him. Sorry, we would be remiss if we didn't call uh, to attention the fact that Jive Goose got a haircut. Yeah. Uh, this is the public <laughs> debut. Uh, Matt, uh, uh, Brian was formerly like long, long hair, huge beard. Um, and this is like, this is a, this is a big thing. Uh, he looks like the myth. He looked like the mythical Yeti at one point. There we go. Yeah. So dapper. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> now that we've got that very important thing out of the way, um, for those of you listening after the fact, you should go to YouTube so you can see what he looks like uh, because he looks great. <laughs> um, let, let's dive in here. Um, you know, let's start going back, uh, you know, four years now uh, to the first time Goose got involved uh, with the kind of the world of the Grateful Dead at playing in the sand in 2020. Um, talk to us about that, Matt. How did that come about? And what were your first impressions of the band? Uh, they were on our radar, of course, and uh, so yeah, we they were one of the first bands we offered to for both uh, Day Off, is Dead and Company. I think they usually do a day one, day off, and then two shows, and so they were booked to do a day off and then a late night after Dead Co. show that I think was going to be indoors. Um, and I do remember hanging out with them. They came by. Uh, I think they came by to meet Bobby and, and some other some other of us uh, on one of their show days. Um, we only heard them from afar that year, so I couldn't, um, make too many impressions about it, but it did get me to check out some live stuff. Um, and, you know, felt like they were a band we should keep having back, um, which, uh, we then did again for, uh, last year, which again, they, they were in the day off headlining slot. Um, and that's when, uh, their manager, Ben Baruch reached out about having Bobby sit in with them, um, which... You know, after some back and forth, uh, we figured out what songs they could do. Um, I think Ben sent me their master song list or master cover song list or something like that for me to just sort of pick a few tunes that might make sense for both bands. And um, I remember seeing Hard to Handle on that list and seeing that Bobby hadn't done that in maybe five or six years. Thought that would be a cool moment to have him. Neither had Goose that with them, <laughs> which I didn't know at the time it was on yeah. the list. So what the hell? Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing about that was Bobby was really <laughs> eager to spend a lot of time with them. Like I remember Rick first. Rick just came by his room and they just played some guitar and then they actually went to the gym together and worked out. Um, and then the whole band came by to do a similar thing or maybe a meditation on the beach. Um, and then maybe also some, some on the beach working out. But, but um, I think that was sort of building on having met them for the first time, Bobby, like what well, didn't want to just play them, wanted to get to know them too. And so that was, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together over last year's playing in the sand. And then that, you know, a month later we were coming up to the cap and Bobby was eager to have him back. And, uh, uh, originally it was just Rick who got the invite and then to sit in with the Wolf Bros at the Captain Comment Jeff Comenti mentioned to me, um, or any of the other guys coming with Rick and I knew Peter was I think Peter and Jeff were and he said, Well Peter just wants to jump up on my bench and share keyboard rig, whatever tunes Rick's on, he's welcome to. So so that happened as well in in that mix and you know, and that went really well too and just sort of led to this uh, you know, we'll do something again, whether it's just keep sitting in with each other or, you know, until we we didn't start putting together Dead Ahead Fest until I want to say over the summer. Um, and so, you know, we knew Rick was sort of close to that. We, we knew we wanted to do sort of two different looking bands. Um, you know, first Sturgill was sort of the first P3 
piece of the puzzle. Um, and then we, you know, Rick was sort of top of the list for one of those other two bands. And then it was just, you know, we have these day off slots. Do you anything, you know, anything else you want to do in any of these other slots? Tell us what you have in mind. And you want to do his, his Arabolo trio. Um, so the best slot for that made sense to be opening for Wolf Bros. Cause it's sort of a, it's a good one too there. Cause Bobby's thing starts in a similar vein. Um, you know, we usually, we've been starting him solo acoustic, then trio, then quartet, then quintet, then 10 piece. Um, and so we felt that was, a that was sort of the perfect slot for them right there. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely agree. I think that that's a really cool, uh, way to, first of all, ease into the festival. Cause you know, that, that was the first day, um, but go from a to having, um, to having, you know, the mellower Wolf Bros set as opposed to like yeah. having a more louder electric act, uh, before or after. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's really, really cool. After is fine. We had lettuce after Wolf Bros, and that, that works perfectly. Um, you know, late night, yeah. Yeah, once you get to the midnight starting on, then, you know, then, then it doesn't matter. So, so Matt, I, I know one of the things that I'm always curious about is, you know, with, with sit-ins is, and, and you talked a little bit about kind of the, you know, the first time with the, with, you know, pulling the song list over and things like that. But so now that they've, now that they've played, you know, there, there's, there's some familiarity there, right? Um, so, so this last round, uh, can you give us some insight into what uh, kind of the song selection looked like and, you know, uh, maybe how they determine, you know, who's going to take lead vocals, perhaps kind of, kind of things like that. What do those conversations look like? Uh, so first it started with, with Bobby and I, and, you know, um, we knew this was going to be a lot of work. Uh, I looked at it as, you know, when I was talking to him, I said, it's two shows. And typically, you know, looking at length of, you know, since this was going to feel similar to Dead and Company with, with you know, five, six of them, um, it's going to be that similar length, which is about, you know, they do about 18-ish, 17, 18, 19 songs per show. So I said, let's start with 40, just for sake of a round number. That's 20 songs per show with two separate bands. Now, Bobby generally likes to sing about half the show. Um, but if he sings half the songs, then that's really only leaving eight, nine, ten songs that are going to, you know, eight, nine songs really that are going to have to get divided between on Hypothetical Night, Britney Spencer, Susan Tedeschi, Sturgill Simpson, Bobby O'Teal. That, that's the math there isn't great. Um, cause we were both sensitive about the fact that we're going to be flying these people in from all over the place. And we don't want to do that just to have them sing a song or two. Um, so, you know, one thing Bobby loves to do, especially with, with people who know the music really well is the shares, you know, you take the first verse, I take the second verse, then we split the first third verse, or even I take the first line of a couplet, you take the second line, you know, like if he's confident in someone's knowledge of the song, then, mm -hmm. then that can go any number of ways. It could be done improvisationally even. Um, and so. I realized the best way to be as fair about it is to try to find as many share songs as possible. Um, you know, so easy ideas with a weight where that's always a, a, everyone does around the verses. Franklin's Tower has been done that way in, in past bands. You know, it's, it's not generally done that way in Dead Co. or Wolf Bros, but, but it can be done that way. So that's an easy one like that. Um, and then the other songs that's happening, you know, Bertha is an easy trade versus split the third. Um, Eyes of the World, similar that way. Um, as far as who is taking which verse, like Eyes of the World, I feel like it changed from rehearsal to sound check to show, you know, and usually Rick would or I would make sure Rick and I basically before each set, anytime there was a share song and I would make sure the people sharing 
got a minute or two with each other to sort of remember how we're doing it, whether it was Bobby and Margo, Bobby and Susan or Bobby and Rick, um, because Bobby can and will just change on a dime um, or forget, you know, he'll forget to step up and sing the first verse and realize, whoops, not supposed to do that. And then suddenly the other guy's doing the second verse when they were doing the first verse right. originally. So I would, you know, before each set, I would Bobby and Rick, hey, uh, who's singing the first verse again? You know, and I, I, I know what we're supposed to be, but just sort of give him an opportunity to refresh and, and Bobby was always sort of Rick take the first verse um, and uh, yeah each time I think he told Rick take the first verse birth eyes of the world um, but all that kind of happened you know it says so on paper but but they still need to talk it down right before they they walk on um, I, yeah I, I I love the the shared verse approach I think I think that's I think that's a really cool way to kind of highlight and and like you said I mean get around the challenges of just having so many so many people up there. Um, okay, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but uh, shit, my, I, I gotta say, <laughs> one of my that. favorite Bobby shared verse moments was in Nashville with Fish when they when they did Miss You, yeah. And I, because I remember just being so shocked when Bobby came in singing that, and but it was so awesome. I mean, it was it was super cool. So love the shared verses; they always yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, that one worked really well. I remember that mm -hmm. was that was great, great version. Were there were there any songs that uh, that Rick brought to rehearsal that uh, you know weren't on the list that you that you know that he wanted to play uh, with Bobby in that scenario? So Rick, uh, when we right when we put the band together, uh, my first call actually was to Ben Baruch. I wanted to kind of start with them because a song I've really been dying to dust off again or have these guys dust off again was the Golden Road, and I just yeah, immediately. I immediately heard Rick and O'Teal singing it in my head. Um, and since Ben Baruch handles both Rick and O'Teal, I figured that's uh, an easy place to start. So that was really my first idea. Um, and I called, but I called Ben, I said, hey, you know, what, Bobby always has me start with any guest artist in any situation. If they're just sitting in with us for a song or two, what do they want to do with us? You know, like this is that's their awesome. moment to sing with us. Is there anything they're itching to do with me? Because that's where we should start the conversation. So that's so Ben is, you know, Rick, is there anything he's just itching to do? And and he was like, kind of just give us your ideas and, and we'll go from there. Um, so the goal, and I told in that moment, I said, well, first idea I got right now is the golden road. And, and I see Rick and O'Teal sharing. I could see Bobby getting involved a little bit. It's a gang vocal thing, but like I could, you know, I could see, see uh, I can just hear them doing it. And so, you know, I hadn't even told Bobby this idea yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, my first idea with Bobby was, hey, you're going to have six, seven vocalists on a given night. Can we dust off Addicts of My Life? Like, that just seems like this is screaming for that. And he said, let's go for it, but let's have a plan B just in case it doesn't work out at rehearsal. So, and this is where everything's going to kind of tie in together. Um, so my plan B, if Addicts didn't work out, was going to be Broke Down Palace. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, Ben reached out about whether Bobby would sit in with the Ray Below. And I said, well, you know, he it ran by Bobby. He'd, yeah, he'd love to, you know, it's pretty much how he started Wolf Bros, a upright bass guitar trio. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, say, so, you know, same question, send me their song list of what Bobby might know, which was pretty small, but, you know, Broke Down was on it. And so was Speedway. Um, but I also had Speedway penciled in for Rick to sit in with Wolf Bros on. Right. So, all right. So now I'm going to do a little, got to do a little, you know, jigsaw puzzling. Um, cause if addicts doesn't work out with the big band, then broke down goes there and I've already lost speedway. So it's probably half step with the Ray below, um, or something like that. I forget what other song was on there that could have worked. Um, 
but addicts worked out. And so then once Bobby said, we're good with addicts, I immediately hit Ben and said, okay, it's broke down with the Ray below. And then that sort of, that locked all that in, in that way. Um, and, uh, after that, um, Derek and Susan were the first to reach out to me and, and, you know, they had a, a pretty decent sized list of what they wanted to do. So that was pretty easy to mm-hmm. put in place. Um, I always loved, uh, I'm trying to think, I think I have to go back to 2005 and we did a Garcia benefit type thing at the Greek theater called comes a time and, and Trey sang a wonderful version of eyes of the world at that. Um, and for some reason I could hear Rick singing that, um, as well. And so that was, it was an early idea for Rick. That was sort of, you know, I was envisioning Bobby estimated Rick eyes, but they ended up sharing eyes, which, which was great. Um, actually that, that happened in rehearsal. This is a funny moment. Bobby said, you know, I was trying to keep track, make sure they were hitting every song. And Bobby said, I want to do one that I don't sing. Um, I want to get my voice a rest. I said, okay, let's say Eyes of the World. So Rick could sing it. I said, great, cue it up. They cue it up. They do the intro. They did a very long intro jam. It was actually, I kind of hope we recorded that. Um, Because they kind of just noodled around that intro for a good long while there, getting settled in. And uh, then Bobby stepped up and sang the whole song. It's like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. and I was like, there was no place to politely interrupt that. So I had to just let it go. And then at the end, I kind of went over to him. I go, um, remember before the songs, I just reminded him of everything he said. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and he runs right up to Rick. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I totally fucked up. You're sp-. And Rick is so deaf. Frank's like, oh, no, you killed it. You should just do it. And and nobody's like, no, 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 we'll do it again. You do it. You know, he was, it was, they were both so deferential. I was almost like, well, now nobody's going to sing this song um Rick's like you killed it you do it Bobby's like no you're supposed to do it you got to do it and, and, and no one's taking it I'm like well, let's just try to get Rick singing it and we'll just see how it feels and then they end up splitting it which 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 ended up being perfect mm-hmm. um and uh um you know verses on the as far as trading verses that was really all up to them um I would throw stuff down on paper I mean I, I don't actually I, they may have just followed what I originally wrote down on paper um as far as who's taking verses in the Wade or Franklin's um, me and my uncle, they had done when Rick sat in with the Wolf Bros. So I knew that would be just sort of easy. And I know he, he obviously he does that tune. Um, and that's also why that tune couldn't be in play for uh, a Ray below. Um, mm-hmm. so that was easy. I think they did that exactly how they did at the, at the cap. Um, well, one thing then, I, uh, one thing I yeah. wanted to kind of note, just backtracking a little bit to golden road and addicts of my life. For those who don't know, it was kind of alluded to a little bit that those hadn't been played in a long time, but those two songs, Bobby hasn't played in any project since Fairly Well, um, yep. which is really uh, fascinating. I think, you know, I, that wasn't at the top of my mind. You know, we were listening to the the Mixler stream uh, on on Monday night. Shout out uh, again to Brian Huff, uh, who streamed uh, both Arabolo and the Dead Ahead set uh, with Rick for us. We really, really appreciate him. Um, but listening to that and when it started up, and I, I felt immediately that Rick was a natural fit uh, for that song. He sounded amazing. Um, and it wasn't at the top of my yeah. mind that they hadn't played it. Um, but somebody, somebody mentioned that, uh, on Twitter pretty quickly. And I was like, wow, like that's a long time to not play a song like that. So glad that, uh, yeah. glad that you were able to get it. Back. I was, I love the song. I was itching for it. It's always on my short list for dead co rehearsals. I don't know why it never got picked. Um, addicts was never really on a list for dead co. I mean, I just, the first time I heard Addicts Live, not not seeing the Grateful Dead, was Rat Dog used to do a six piece, like all six members of Rat Dog sang harmony, and so they would do it a cappella as an encore. Um, 
And so in my mind, six voices was kind of what you need for addicts. <laughs> and Dead & Company doesn't really have that. But in this setting, you know, it was, like I said, it was one of the first things I brought to Bobby. I'm like, you got the voices. You might as well try it. And and they tried it during rehearsal. I mean, I think one of the rehearsal pics posted of them all kind of standing around in a semicircle. That's them rehearsing Addicts in My Life, um, just to Bobby's guitar. Um, and I think I actually hit seven voices because Jay, I think, is singing in on that one. But I, I, I can't remember if he sang at the show or not. Um, and I mean, and it worked. It worked really well. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's just such a powerful song. It just felt like the best way to end this thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, easily takes up the broke down slot if you, if you want to mix it up with broke down. And that felt like the, the right way to do it. Um, 100%. I could feel uh, there's a certain, you know, when I stand out on the stage and I look out at the crowd, like there's always one part of the crowd that moves the most. And that's always where the, the spinners are. It almost looks like one <laughs> section of the audience is on a trampoline and everyone else is on in like quicksand in a way. And when, Go when Golden Road started, you could just see part of the audience was just elevated like that. It was, it was really funny. So it was, it was nice to see a lot of a lot of people miss the tune, too. Mm -hmm. and hopefully it can stick around in one way or another. Yeah, it was just like a vibe for Mexico too. It's just got like a yeah. beach vibe to it. It's something about the yeah. tune. So it's it a you know Tate Ashbury party tune. Yeah, totally. Um, so you, you said before that you had a, a story about Morning Dew. Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? So, you know, drums in space is another. You know, like I said before, each set I, I usually try to take a moment to make sure whoever needs a last second refresher, how this song starts, how this song ends, that can happen. And then drums in space is another one of those moments where like, okay, I got to, only the drummers are up. If someone's got a question about the, the ballad, the closer, the encore, like now's another moment to, to talk something down. And I remember thinking, I don't know between Rick and Sturgill, who's taking the first solo, who's taking the, the last solo. And that's kind of important in a song like Morning Dew. Mm -hmm. And then it hit me. I don't remember hearing them rehearse this song. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went up to Rick first. I'm like, are you good with morning dew? He said, yeah. I said, do you guys ever rehearse it? He said, no. I said, what's the plan? Uh, you know, like who he goes, oh, I don't know. We'll just figure it out. I was like, you want to come talk to Bobby for a minute? Like, maybe <laughs> do a little better than just figure it out for the, the, you know, the showcase song of the night. Um, and, you know, they hadn't rehearsed it. And so uh, I walked him over to Bobby and, you know, I said, well, here's what I, you know, here's what I think I need you to help you, us to help figure out here is the intro. Cause I can't remember, you know, I can't remember Bob, how Bobby does it outside of Wolf Bros, whether he plays the progression or whether it's Barry's playing the progression or is it 10 piece playing the, you know, like I just, in that moment, I needed a little help in how it goes. And so I need them to talk down that. And then the solos, you know, this Bobby, you know, who's taking which solo, how are we cueing the, you know, that whole end and all that. And then I realized I waved Clementi over too, cause it probably used his help weighing in. And then they just kind of talked it down. Um, and, you know, they just talked it down right then and there. And I remember actually Craig, one of my other managing partners with Bobby looked over, was looking kind of quizzically because, you know, the four of us sitting there somewhat animated. And I walked over to him and I said, that was just morning due rehearsal. He's <laughs> 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 like, sounds about right. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And yeah, and it was, I mean, <laughs> it was actually really awesome morning due. They, they absolutely killed it. Um, you know, um, everything they talked about, they actually followed through with. And, uh, and that was a real cool moment. And, and loser wasn't done much differently. Um, 
funny part about Lou. So, so when, when they do rehearsals, Bobby will almost always, the first song in a rehearsal with Bobby is almost never a song on the set list. And it's usually just something mid-tempo to slow, whatever comes to mind. Uh, the day Rick came in, it was West LA Fadeaway. Um, and the day Susan and Derek came in first rehearsal it was Loser. And Bobby got pretty pumped about that version of Loser. He's like, I'm going to send everyone a chart and we're going to put it in the set. And so I, you know, I looked at Susan Derek Knight and found a place where I think it could go. But I was waiting for Bobby to send the chart around, which he never did. He kept reminding himself he's got to send the chart around, but then he, he just didn't. And uh, so it didn't happen in Susan and Derek's set. And then the morning of Rick and Margot's show, I, I put the set list on the thread and O'Teal had a bass playing division question. And then I see Bobby put the loser chart on, on the thread. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, this isn't the right band for that. But, you know, it's, it's a great song. And actually there was a good spot for it in that set. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to see how this plays out. I'm gonna, I'm, I was kind of waiting for someone to hit me on the side and be like, oh, we never ran this one. This isn't going to work. But no one did. He sent the chart around. I remember AJ Bobby's tech texting me who needs to get this chart. I'm like Sturgill and and Rick, I would guess. Um, and then we got to rehearsal. They ran it, and at some point in the middle of loser, AJ taps and goes, "Oh shit! I never gave Rick his chart." And I'm looking out there. I'm like, he obviously doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. he's not only playing the song; he's singing the harmonies, and he's crushing it. I mean, they, it's like they rehearsed it twelve times, and and yeah, and it's like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is why he's such a good fit because Bobby. You know, wrong song, wrong band. You know, different different song, different band. No one had, and, and you know, but it didn't matter. Rick had it. Never looked at the chart once, and crushed it. And, and it was pulled, great. Pulled it off. Pulled it off like it was intentional. Anyway, exactly. You would ne- you would never know. Um, and and that's sort of the third. Uh, I feel like that's the third loser in a row that's gotten uh, audible in that way. It happened at the last uh, Oracle Den Company show. I remember talking about how loser was the one song I just couldn't cram in there, and so Bobby audible it in there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That that's awesome. Yeah. And and we had, you know, we had obviously we've talked about this a lot and I I, I texted you about it, but the loose ends tease uh that Rick threw in in the Scarlet right. Jam. That that got us all very, very excited uh, when we were listening <laughs> on Monday night. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know, a nice moment. Uh you know, I didn't need himself. you to send me that to, to know what yeah, it is. Uh, for a reference. Yes, now that now, now that I've heard it, yes, it's really there. You can label it as such. Uh, he he it sounds like he did do that to me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, if if anyone in the chat uh, has any other questions, uh, you know, for Matt, uh, we'll we can take a few. Uh, if people have no Ryan Molnar, it's not a CCP. Uh, it has been corroborated by multiple sources. What is CCP? Um, I don't even know what that means. That's a that's like our uh, shorthand for uh, it's coincidental chord progression. Uh, a tease that is not quite a tease. Oh, okay. It's not okay, not enough to get noted on the set list. Yes. So, so that's, that's Ryan's a, uh, that's Ryan's go to gatekeep yep. mechanism is to say, yes. oh, that's a CCP. They're not really playing the song. It just happens to be tangentially related, but it's not the same. And we'll and we'll Got circle it. back around to CCPs when we get to the bracket talk uh, in a little bit. I know. I know. I, 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 I feel like intent matters, and that's why I feel like at times you've texted me, did did John just do this or did Jeff just do that? And if I actually remember to go ask them. Like if they intended to, then yeah, it counts. If they're like, I don't think I did, but you know, if I could have hit similar notes, then then they tend to not count it because I feel like t the word tease itself sort of signifies intent, right? Um, but, so I just say, yeah, David Sullivan, that's just my interpretation. 
uh, Sully, chat, our good friend Sully. Sully came, uh, uh, no uh, questions. Uh, he preemptively answered my lyric sharing question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And there was a background question just on rehearsal, like how much rehearsal time they had. And I think it was pretty amazing background that you gave uh, on, on the on rehearsals for both of those yeah. songs. Morning Dew. Each band did a day down at you know in in a, in a convention room at Moon Palace. And then we had a main stage day that we devoted divided in half between the two bands or main stage night. Mm -hmm. um, but those start to get tricky because, you know, when you're on the main stage, the fans are already loading in. So now you're rehearsing essentially in public. Um, and so, you know, I mean, they like Bobby likes the PA on when he rehearses. We would shut it a lot so people couldn't hear as well. Uh, but the monitors are still pretty loud. And uh, then each day had about a 90 minute sound check that sort of doubled as rehearsal. And there was a lot of backroom stuff like like for instance at the band resort rick sturgill and derek were basically all inseparable they were they were together making charts talking stuff down that's awesome. i mean like, like they were real i mean late nights early mornings you name it they they were you know when sturgill's down there with his wife uh you know derek and susan i mean they were all thick as thieves uh down at the band resort together i think that's almost certainly how the the sturgill uh breaker sit in happened and, and not much you know the sturgill uh wolf bros sat in sit in happens you know we didn't ask him till, till i think the night before and uh and uh so he came down to do both he actually came down and sound checked with wolf bros even and did that rehearsal and so there's a lot you know there's a big the dressing room area is like a big compound with a big communal area uh you know bobby rehearsed with the robola right in his dressing room um i think we put up a video from that or a yeah uh, from it. yeah i think there was um, some picture and video uh, yeah. up, up on Instagram. which is really just cool. like bobby and goose last year rehearsed right in that compound you know um Right in that dressing compound there. So that you'd see a lot of like Rick Sturgill, Derek Sturgill sitting together with guitars, just running over stuff for Jeff sitting next to them. And, and, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was sort of ongoing. Um, and, uh, um, you know, they're all, you know, Rick obviously knows the music really well, probably better mm -hmm. than he tells people he does. Um, and uh, uh, Derek did too, or they did a lot of homework before they got here. I mean, I got, I got a bunch of texts from Derek and Susan, you know, 1 a.m. and they're up listening to Europe 72 or this thing or that thing. And, you know, and so, so everyone really, everyone really embraced being in the Grateful Dead for a week, you know, that kind of vibe. And, and that's what the vibe felt like is they were all really happy to be there, really willing to just go with the flow. Bobby's got some crazy eccentric idea, all willing to try it. No one was shooting things down. It wasn't, well, it wasn't a lot of no being said uh, this whole week. Uh, everyone was really open and, and eager to just try out whatever and play with play as much as possible with each other, which you know made for a great vibe down there. That's amazing. Um, B, you know, I know I, I never left site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I you know I didn't see any workout videos this time. <laughs> Maybe they might have been out there and I and I just missed it. There was them. there was a Bobby one from early on, uh, from like day one, uh, but it wasn't with anyone else. It was because Bobby was there. Bobby was down there about a week before everyone else got there for vacation. And, and I know we put one up early on, but it wasn't with any of the guys, unfortunately. Okay. Cause I know, <laughs> I, I know last year there was some really good Rick and Bobby workout videos. A lot of resistance um, training. Yeah. And, and a lot of resistance. Yes. My question is. Rick was hitting Bobby the gym. Invite... Um, I know Rick was does... hitting the gym for sure. I saw, I saw him and Sam riding back from the gym one day. Um, and uh, Bobby invites, will invite people. Yeah, he'll, he'll usually go on the band text and be like, I'm hitting the gym, who wants to join kind of thing. And, and Jay Lane's a regular for joining him usually. Um, Don's been getting in there more and more. Can um, can anyone keep up with Bobby in the gym? No. Or is it like, no. yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> no. 
Uh, I don't go with him anymore because when I do, I'm hurt for a few days after. I need to stick to my, <laughs> I, need to, I had to just stick to my physical therapy exercises and l- l- leave it at that because because Bobby will, Bobby wants to show you that he's in better shape than you. Like he, <laughs> even if you tell him, I know you're in better shape than me. You don't have yeah. to prove it. He wants to prove it to you, Man, and and, awesome. and it's you know, and he's, he's good at doing that. He's um, just like B. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, look. Uh, <laughs> Bobby is a Bobby play pickleball. He's a strong, fit man, and I, you love to see it. At, you know, yeah. at, at that age, um, and so he's more a tennis age. player than a pickleball player, but but he's not better than me. Oh. Yeah, he still values <laughs> okay. that skill. Yeah, I couldn't play this year, but last year I beat every single person in Den Company in tennis who dared to step on the court, <laughs> including the entire Hart family. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Very My buddy Russ, who I see has just entered the chat from college, can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, there you do. <laughs> um, well, that's amazing. Anyone else uh, have anything for Matt uh, before we wrap up here? All right. Well, I, I Matt, go back oh, actually yeah. before yes. before we move on. Yeah, um, so you kind of mentioned just things organically happening there, and I think a big topic for us was how does Sergio end up on stage with a Raybolo after such a long gap in performances, and then we just kind of find him there performing a song, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, but it sounds like what you were saying is just these things kind of came about somewhat organically because folks were just collaborating, which I think is a surprise to all of us. Vibes. Like, yeah. You know, you would think that like people are like in separate spaces, but this sounds like a pretty amazing collection of of musicians. <laughs> um, so we have a at the band resort, we keep like a sort of communal hospitality area in one of the beach bar restaurants. And that way everyone sort of has a place to hang together. It, it, you know, they, they, they'll do like a breakfast lunch service there. Um, and so everyone kind of, you know, it ends up being communal. I mean, you know, you can, I'd find myself sitting there 90 minutes after, you know, the meal ended just because there's people just hanging around and you're by the beach. And, and like I said, the guitar players would just stick as thieves together. And, and my guess is that once Sturgill knew he was coming down to sit in with us, uh, it was, you know, easy for him and Rick to put something together for, for Rabel. My question for y'all is Breakers Roar is a Sturgill tune. Was that always part of? Goose repertoire or Raybolo? Never, or what's the never been that? played uh, by Goose or Raybolo or in, in any capacity before. Uh, that, that, cool. was a, that was a debut. Uh, Great. Really so they cool learned that team. just just for Sturgill. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah. Sturgill is there to play. You know, he's like, this is what I'm here to do. Like, this is what he really wanted to do. He's, he's he was not really doing his own stuff right now, and I think we provided the perfect getaway for him. Um, you know, he was kind of the first piece of the puzzle, and we've been we we. There was a random, Wolf Bros was on tour, and I can't remember what year, but we were playing Chattanooga, and we had locked Sturgill to come sit in, and then he, him and his wife got COVID, and he had to cancel. Um, and then there was a second similar, we, you know, we were somewhere in Tennessee or Kentucky, because he's actually in Kentucky, maybe it was Louisville, and he was going to come out, and then something else got in the way of that. Um, he, he was come, traveling home from somewhere, and flight didn't work out, uh, something like that. So, so we've been sort of circling around Sturgill for a long time and looking to, for something to do with him. And uh, this finally became it. And uh, and he, he delivered. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was another one. He was deep diving into all the music, listening to records over and over for a long time. And, and, and what's funny is Sturgill brought us songs that he thought were going to surprise us. He's like, I picked four songs. I think it was four. Uh, let me try he picked four songs that he thought would just Bobby would be like, what the fuck? Really? These? And he said, and then as I started diving deeper, it turns out 
Grateful Dead had done all four of them. He thought he was going to surprise us by saying he wanted to sing Mama Tried, Bobby McGee, Call Me the Breeze, and Dear Mr. Fantasy. And it turned out the only one he surprised us with was They Call Me the Breeze, which they had never done before. Um, and it blew his mind that Grateful Dead had done music as diverse as Dear Mr. Fantasy and Mama Tried. Like it just, it, it just, it blew him away and made him go even deeper down a Jerry Rabbit hole. And it was, it was really cool to hear about. That's interesting to hear about Mama Tried because when he was singing it, I was like, "Well, Bobby McGee." <laughs> uh, well, oh, no, I was thinking Mama Tried. Oh, you were thinking? Uh, oh, Mama sorry, Tried I... really fits like Sergio's vibe. But um, yeah, when I yeah. was saying that one, I was like, "This makes perfect sense." But interesting to hear that he came to the table with that song because it's you know not a Grateful Dead song, uh, and wanted yeah. to sing it. And yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and say similar with Bobby McGee. Um, you know, the Grateful Dead hadn't really done it since. Janice era, but uh, Bobby's kept it around in Rat Dog, Wolf Rose, that kind of thing. This is the first time it was back in with a big band, I think. And I mean, I probably would have to look it up. I didn't even think because it's so regular with Bobby. I didn't even think to look up a stat for that. But I don't think it's appeared with a Grateful Dead big band in a very long time. Um, I would have to get my stats guy, Dave Rosenberg, to probably dig that one out for me. <laughs> but um, um, and this was, yeah, this was, you know, I didn't want it to be too similar to it dead and company show obviously it has to flow like a grateful dead show which is going to flow like a dead and company show but it did feel mm -hmm. like an opportunity since since so many of the guys were open to what are your ideas you know what are our ideas as opposed to coming in with this what they want to do it seemed like a, a a chance to get some tunes that aren't played as often out like dark hollow oh it's dark hollow was the other one so had no idea bobby did dark hollow um blew his mind that bobby that 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 used to be a regular uh in the grateful dead canon mm -hmm. um and it's not one Bobby loves singing anymore. I think he, you know, if he hasn't done it for a few years, he gets into doing it a couple of times, but then I think he gets bored with it kind of quick. So having Sturgill to sing it sort of got him excited about it again. Um, so that was a good one to include. Amazing. Um, well, if, if, uh, if we don't have anything else here, uh, Matt, thank you so, so much uh, for joining yep. us on the pod here today. It has been an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, getting an inside look here uh, into, you know, it, goose in in the world of the grateful dead and the amazing performances from last weekend uh so thank you so much and we look forward to hopefully having you on again the next time there's a collaboration like this i I'm sure, sure hope there is again. <laughs> i i'd be surprised if it doesn't so um i think they just all get along too well rick's rick's a real good foil for bobby and and you know rick, rick's rick's a good singer and bobby likes good singers you know um so i'd be real surprised if something doesn't happen again soon he is. Uh, well, Matt, uh, have a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, once again. Yep. Uh, yep. And, thanks, uh, guys. We'll talk soon. Pleasure. Good yeah. to meet you, thanks, Matt. Guys. Take care. Right. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Oops. I didn't mean to boot Kev there. All right. Uh, and now that we've gotten the serious part over the way, out of the way, it's bracket season, bitches. Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. This is a family Slow program. Down. This is Man. a family program. Hey, wow. It's Mads' birthday, guys. We're we're partying here. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Mads. Uh well, yeah. how how you guys doing? Uh, you know, we're here now. Doing great. Oh, doing so great. good. So Apologizing good. in advance to the folks who tuned in for for Matt and only Matt, and then we're, we're about to talk about. We're about to talk about the bracket. Right yeah, yeah. yeah. probably um, already left. Yeah, and <laughs> hey, uh, this is exciting that I just noticed. Uh, this they left new... when Ryan called us all bitches. There we go. <laughs> uh, this is this is new. This is new in the last uh, month, I guess, since the last time we did one of these broadcasts. But we can now see chat from Twitter, uh, which is exciting. 
uh, that was not. I, I was wondering before. if this was a new feature where yeah. we can see the platform that the comments are coming from. Yes. Uh, no, that was always a thing, but we could previously only see comments from YouTube, YouTube. And Facebook while Facebook. we were live. Um, Sully, the forum poster is not for sale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's this post. Nope. But the one. storm sound one. That make an offer. Le one. Le one. Anyway, uh, we're a week into the bracket. Uh, how do you guys feel about the bracket so far? Disappointed. <laughs> oh man. Just, I'm sad for my friend Joel. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's previous just, pod guest Joel. Yeah, yeah. Feel bad. You know, it's disrespectful. You know, in a way. Who um, did you so, vote for in that matchup, B? Hey, look, I, I had I had Empress advancing. Uh, um, I, might, I might have had him advancing two rounds. Um, I had a couple upsets happening there that did not end up happening. So uh, my bracket is busted. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. A little surprised that neither of those upsets came through. I kind of might have been surprised with both, but figured one of them would happen. Well, yeah, we're, we're just about halfway through the first round of the bracket. Uh, so this, is a, this is a good time uh, to, you know, kind of talk about where we're at, uh, some things that have been happening so far. It's been it's been pretty chalky for the most part, uh, which, as we know, the formula dictates. Uh, and I, I think the formula's done a pretty good job so far. Well, I mean, it, it has a long history of success yes. and accuracy. So yep. I'm not I'm not surprised there. I went against yeah. the formula with some of my picks, and I, I don't know That's what I was That's why you thinking. lost. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, we, we've had 16 <laughs> matchups so far, 14 that have finished, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, of those 14, there have been three upsets, as Ryan would call them. We might say a lower seed has beaten, or a higher seed has beaten a lower seed. Does that two not instances mean upset? The, that's not really an upset when an 8 beats a 9, or a 9 beats an 8. But Okay, but, you know. And that happened twice. It's, it's close, but so it's happened twice. Both nine seeds have knocked off the eight seeds that have come up so far. So curious to see if that continues. Um, so the formula did not dictate there. And of course, you have a, a huge upset if you want to talk about upsets right now. Yeah. This is an actual upset. Mm -hmm. So we have Elizabeth, the 11 seed from 926, beating the 5-2 uh, the tumble. Six seed. So that, Ryan... Is what we would that, call that's it. an upset. That's absolutely that's an upset. upset. Yeah, I mean, not a huge Where, one. It's not like it's sixteen beating a one, but eleven over six is pretty pretty significant. Where was where was that? What was that? Elizabeth's ranking overall. Actually, I have it right here. I was gonna say <laughs> you're the spreadsheet guru here. Um, let's see. So that Elizabeth. Okay, so forty four overall. Um, I did fifty four. Yeah. Okay. Surprised, yeah, but that tumble really surprised there. Tumble's it's, a it's a fan favorite, you know. But but that that specific one has been kind of polarizing since it was played. I feel like it's you either get it or you don't. Anti it's an esoteric jam, right? It's not super accessible, but it's it's got some complexity to it. Aardvark. Yeah. yeah. Aardvark. Some people might call I, it. Aardvark. I prefer this Elizabeth to the other to the Vegas Elizabeths. One. In the bracket mm -hmm. so i'm not i'm not too upset that that tumble we talked about this you know when we when we released the bracket that tumble really 
tumbled down my rankings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the latter part of the year. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Neil, I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's arrowish uh, maybe in that sense, you know, and, and getting some of that anti-length bias as well. So. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's also been cool to see a lot of the matchups have been relatively close so far. Uh, there's one today happening right now that is not even close to being close. Uh, but I, I've been surprised. Yep. I've been surprised at the number of matchups that have been 60% or under, uh, you know, for, for one of the matchups. But yeah, what, what is the, do we have the current stat on the, the Ryman Modavon versus uh, Nola Tumble? Let me, let me, pull, or Nola, oh, I all I need here. Let me pull that up. Uh, so we have 141 votes so far. And the Ryman Madhavan has ninety four percent of the vote. Where, where's the uh, Where's the other vote today at? Uh, and the other matchup today, matchup number fifteen, uh, we've got the Ryman Rockdale currently leading the Cathead Tumble fifty eight to forty two. Okay, I thought that one Ooh, might be tight. close. That it's close. Honestly, it's it's only one hundred and fifty seven votes. Uh, the current gap is less than thirty votes. Um, and th- this is a matchup also. You know, I, I had the Rockdale one rank above Tumble uh, in my 64. This Tumble is one of my favorites uh, in terms of, like, just personal favorite jams of the year. Um, I love what they do in it. I think it's it's a really unique jam for Goose, especially yeah. coming at a, you know, a two-set festival show in Mississippi. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got we got some support here. Uh, good well, friend of the pod and uh, creator of the formula, uh, Grom7. Why, why are you making that? Why are you making that? So face? 30 votes isn't a lot. No, it's not. I, that's, that's, that's a, that's like, that's a couple sets of restaurant workers away from, from being <laughs> flipped right over. So. Well, if, if you include front of house and back of house, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so we, we still haven't gotten the overseas voters yet. Um, and that's actually an interesting thing with the new platform. We can see where some of these votes are coming from. Yeah. And there is one person who religiously votes from Australia and one person who religiously votes from the UK every single matchup. Yeah. Um, so that we also is, have, we also have, that's my, uh, nana, that's my Nana actually <laughs> uh, in the UK. So. We, um, we also have, we also, have we also have our good friend from Sweden uh, who I've been seeing pop up in a, in a bunch of these matchups who I met yeah. uh, in Copenhagen yeah. in November. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's, the and when Deadhead was, was happening, there was a, a bunch of votes from Mexico, so that, that the was bracket. I mean, also because also because my dad is voting every day from Mexico. The bracket is oh worldwide. yeah, the bracket yeah. is worldwide. Yeah, listen, we are we are an international bracket here, not just Canada and yes. the U.S. Yeah, there's, there's, well, there's so is it so is it safe to say? Go ahead, go ahead, Kev. I was just gonna say, is it safe to say that whoever wins? Like that would be the buzzer beater right there, right? Whoever wins would be the world Jotty champion, not just I, like I think so. I think that's okay. good. Yeah. I I, yeah. I did see the other day there was one from Taiwan. Uh, I don't know if that's the anti sit in bot farm. That's a uh, VPN that has going. Yeah, that's a VPN. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so you know. Uh, well, and and Kevin, not just the votes coming in worldwide, but the, the global jams being represented in the bracket. Thecla, uh, all I need. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no jam of the year for you, pal. <laughs> uh, 
squeaked in there. Um, but well, yeah, shout out to the folks from overseas who are voting. Yeah, and, there, and there are folks who are into it. Everybody, you know, please keep getting involved. Uh, you know, it's been great to see still a pretty amazing level of engagement on the new platform this year. Um, you know, if anyone's still curious where to find the polls every day at noon Eastern, um, sometimes a little bit afternoon, um, the the links to both polls will be posted uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at AAT Goose Pod. Uh, there is a pinned thread on wisterialane.org as well. Um, if you know, social media is not your thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a really awesome half of the first round, uh, in my opinion, you know, there's been some good discourse. Um, you know, there was a too close way, way closer than I'd like to call it on the cap. All I need, uh, you know, just, uh, just wrapped up a few hours ago. Um, but there, there've been some good matchups so far, I think. Camino, all I need. Yeah, I mean, yeah. th- there have been some huge matchups so far. Of course, the first day of voting, we got the second highest vote total of, you know, 441. We had the 414 hunger site versus the 310 in your eyes. Uh, but the biggest, most hotly contested matchup we've had so far is the uh, the Goosemas Mirrors versus the Fox Yeti. Oh, yes. A lot uh, of so passion there. 52 votes for that one. I really thought Joel was going to bring in the votes uh, for the Empress there, but that didn't actually work out. But uh, so this one, this one's big. You know, the the mirrors one was yeah. big. Mirrors is going to continue to be big throughout this bracket um, because it's going to face. Wouldn't you like that to happen? Some hot stuff going through. I mean, that's I, I'm watching this region because this is some really exciting shit. Uh, we're not going to come back to it for a little while. So I mean, it's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. I think the next matchup yeah. is going to be the most voted ever on the new platform. So yeah, and the. I mean, this. I, I honestly, I think starting with the, there's some great first round matchups, but you look at almost every second round matchup. Even if you just look at the possibilities in where we haven't voted yet, so, man, a lot of really good, tough, tough matchups. I, I expect a lot of really close, a lot of tears, really close votes, a lot of tears. Um, yeah, That's and, and surely some. T- so I wonder. So talking about the vote counts. Yeah. Happy so tier. numbers Happy are tiers. down. Numbers are numbers down, are yes. a little bit down, right? From, from so, previous years, yes. But yeah, backend so, security. Do, do we? Do we? Well, that's the thing. Like we've kicked out a lot of votes, um, and not just the ones that we've removed because we didn't agree with them. <laughs> uh, not that we I would think, ever do that. Not I think that we would, we would never. I, like I don't know. I don't. I, I wonder. Like if if it needs to be emphasized more that it's just a couple clicks away. You know, there's there, there's nothing to register for. There's, you know, the the only real hurdle is the captcha. Yeah, and, some some light math. Yeah. Or or yeah. you know, like point to the shape that corresponds yeah. with the shape at the top. Like it's, it's simple captcha. Not doing this. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> the, Hashtag uh, even Kev can figure it out. Even Kev votes. Yep. Yeah, yeah you know, I, this came up as a topic of conversation. I, I think. The moving to the new platform has just filtered out low quality votes. Mm-hmm. People are just like spamming whatever, like anything at all when they see it come yeah. up. So I, I think right now you're getting the, the truest representation of, of what people want as, as each matchup moves on. We don't have any bullshit like Chop bringing in an army of just bots uh, <laughs> like he did in, was it last year? It was uh, last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw that guy. Success, um, he was successful in one matchup yes. and failed horribly in another. So swinging right. swinging matchups by posting tweets isn't really happening anymore. 
Correct. It's not uh, happening anymore. This we do have we do have a, a burgeoning comment section uh, on the polls. Um, you know, there's been some yeah. there's been some great involvement there. Uh, shout out to uh, our good friend Captain Incredible, uh, who's posting uh, those video links uh, every day um, and applying his beautiful jam chart pros to the comment section. Um, and and Ryan, I saw. Us, it, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't ask you about this. I saw. I'm gonna put you on mute because you brought up the comment section. Yes, he he he, he indeed does like big butts, and, is, it, I, and that's it. what I was gonna say. Is it true that you like big butts and you cannot lie about it? That was not my comment. Oh, <laughs> oh man, there's a little bit I'm of common impersonation going was it? on. Yeah, we, we don't uh, we don't we don't condone impersonating other people okay just uh broswood neil uh has made a few appearances as well he's a bit um, he condones butts i've seen it okay yeah. well i, I will say well, this uh i am nearly certain that uh michael schwartz is about 50 to 75 percent percent of like my fake comments yeah so uh schwartz i'm coming after you i know it's you that's neil at aol.com yeah yeah we we already have um we've Ooh, already got a couple feature enhancement requests in the backlog for next year to enhance our security when On it comes to, to commenting. So, so I like secure so backend. backend, backend security 2.0 coming next year. Um, and we'll tighten this up. It'll be tighter uh, than ever. Yeah. Which Ryan, Ryan likes to tight back end. So, oh, and he will set any settles for nothing less. I, and he'll let you know standards how did we get here we're on a live podcast right now talking <laughs> about security man what's your problem oh you can't run at the live podcast we've we've been steadily losing viewers since we started talking about back-end security uh yeah. just for yeah. the record well i mean for the record we lost like 40 <laughs> second you came in hot calling everybody bitches but hey you know, here <laughs> we are. do i need to do i need to pull up how the bracket episode starts that we've released uh, a few weeks ago because that's exactly how it starts. And I didn't say it that time. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. back yes, to the bracket, back to the bracket, stay on task here. Uh, so we're about to wrap up our second planetary region. Um, yes. and yeah, halfway, halfway through, halfway through the first round. Uh, I'm trying to think if we have any big announcements. Um, we will or, soon. Any, uh, you know, we, we have talked about this is an announcement about Soon. an announcement uh, that will be coming in the future. Teasing um, but, the announcement. Yeah, we have we have alluded to uh, on a, a couple of different times that Peter will be joining us uh, on the pod. I will say it will be sometime in the month of February. OK, so we've got a little bit of an announcement, a little bit of a Yeah. Stay tuned which for, year. for yeah. details of the uh, real yeah, announcement. I didn't know how much we could talk about it, um, but now that you, you know, <laughs> let everybody know <laughs> that it is happening, I just wanted to say how excited I am for that. <laughs> I'm no, also very excited. That's man. That's that's one of the greatest goose co music conversations you can have. Yeah, is to sit with Peter and break down, you know, our favorite jams, yeah. his favorite jams. Eugene Bourne, um, for instance, the, the, you know, the formula's favorite Neil's jams. Gonna, yeah. yeah. Neil, Neil is, Neil is ready to talk he's, to Peter about the Eugene Bourne. He's going to take uh, lead on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I think, uh, you know, he can take some constructive criticism 
None of those things are going to happen. I've maintained all along that I think an excellent jam. I'm just trying to, you know. Well, you qualified it by saying that you have to be on like 100 milligrams of edibles. Well, I mean, you know, friend of the pod, you know. Captain Too Many Edibles. Incredible is one of those people saying it's it's the best jam. If, if you're winning this year, it's one of the best jams they've ever played. And he's saying that the Eugene Bourne is is that, and I, I don't agree. I think there are some amazing jams out there this year that are significantly just, better than that. But but so. what if Peter comes on the pod and says, no, Eugene Bourne is one of my four favorite jams of the year, eight favorite I, jams. You know what? Year. I'm certain he's gonna, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just because we disagree, I mean, he suffers from performance bias. It is the most influential <laughs> yeah. bias yeah. that there is. Um, yeah. So, you know. Well, he has, he, yes. he has all the biases. Job. Yes. He has Folks. attendance bias. Yes. Performance Folks, bias. For every show. First. You heard it here first. Goose is yeah. not that great at Goose. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what I'm saying. You know. You uh, know what? Neil, Neil has said it. This is, this is a statement from Neil. Yep. Um, okay. Let's make sure he doesn't cancel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, before we before we wrap up today's episode, uh, a quick update uh, on the the prediction challenge uh, that is happening. Um, we have 121 people in the competition this year, nice. uh, and our current leader, the one and only Matt Taylor, with 14 points. Um, Does he have so a perfect bracket? He is the only person with 14. That's correct. surprising! Yeah. Wow, there there Whoa. are a lot of people with who've missed points. one. There are a lot of people with 13 here. Yeah. Um, but he I, I'm one of them. Um, but he is no the only one with 14 yeah. right now. No one, no one cares, Ryan. About you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Listen, and and a matchup, I'm really excited to see what happens. Uh, you know, the seating doesn't look make it look like it that close, but uh, in our in our final region, the salt cakes versus red rocks thatch. Got my eye on that one. There there will be tears. It's on upset watch. Yeah. Be done. We'll be That's... out there in full force. But you know, look, I think that thatch is not everybody rates that thatch. I do. I mean, listen, you but... you are from Colorado, and you only saw two shows in 2023. So obviously, you rate a thatch from Colorado. Attendance bias doesn't exist in Colorado. Everybody also hashtag Kev's first thatch. My first thatch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's what are the sad. what's the Anyways. seating on that? Uh, that is an it's an eleven seed, and Salt Cakes is a six. Ooh, another eleven six victory, perhaps. It it could happen. Uh, it could happen. We are by no means happen, but... uh, trying to tell people oh, to get yeah. their employees to vote for Thatch, um, but <laughs> anything just, just quit your job. Man, I did. I, 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 I just want to say now, I I really when Matt was talking about how they were rehearsing for dead ahead in like a conference center. I really wanted to be like, well, Rick's used to that yes. after he played a festival in a conference center yeah. in Germany. Yeah. Um, but I figured it was better to not mention it then. And I think it was way funnier yeah, to you, mention it now. I think you made the right call. Yeah, yeah. probably, probably. Um, well, we're, we're almost an hour in, I think we should probably stop talking. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. Um, I think I'm good. I think yeah. I'm ready for more. We've got, you know, an additional 16 matchups in this round that are coming after, you know, starting noon tomorrow, second half of the bracket, and then stuff gets real. Yeah. You know, heavy hitters going against heavy hitters. Yeah. So not that there aren't heavy hitters happening. I just, one, but look, yeah. 
I was just going to say, personally, I just wish I worked in a place where I could maybe get lots of different people to vote the way I wanted to. I wonder if I could do that. But don't you have like a classroom full of children? I was, I was just the young minds. Kev, I, I was sort of right. beating around the bush there, B. Uh, but yes, that's <laughs> kind of what I was hitting on. Kev puts yeah. up on the screen uh, every day, you know, yeah. like, here's where you're voting. It's yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, look. Uh, there's always going to be there's always going to be some fraudulent activity. You, know, you can't you can't eliminate all of it. Um, so but a vote's a vote. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if I ask my wife to vote for something close, <laughs> I, just hypothetically, well, you know what I mean? It's like that vote would count. You know, would she? But is it fraudulent? I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, what does what, that mean? What does fraudulent even mean? Yeah. I mean, she's entitled to her franchise as a voter. So, yeah. I mean, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. 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 She doesn't have to do what I tell her. Um, well, uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, and I believe uh, this is one of those amazing Friday afternoons uh, where HF Pod is also on now. Uh, so feel free to go, uh, you know, uh, nice old fashioned chat raid, uh, if you will. Um, you yeah. know, they're talking about. 31288. Uh, gonna drop the link uh, in chat here. Um, you know, tell them we sent you um, because they love when we do that. Old fashioned um, sounds good. Yes. Anyway, yeah. uh, will you guys will you guys stay on the line? Uh, yeah. Th thank for, you. For thank for you. Just quick formula check. Um, sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go offline. <laughs> All right. Everyone have a phenomenal weekend. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thank you again to Matt Bush uh, for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. Don't Cheers. forget to vote. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.